You're listening to the Hotel Talk Podcast. And now, introducing your host, Jennifer Susky. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hotel Talk. My name is Jennifer Susky. I am Senior Sales Director for Go Moment. Today, we, today we have Hannah Baris with us, the Director of Hospitality for Duetto. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. So if you're not familiar with the Duetto Pulse Report, the newest version just came out today. And I believe, Shelly, you said you would drop that into the chat in case anyone wanted to follow along. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. So how many she's on here? <laughs> Great. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, um, Hannah, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Do you want to tell us about yourself and how you got to be in the position you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me here. Um, I am Hannah, and I'm so excited to be here talking about the Duetto Pulse Report because it's something that has really become near and dear to my heart and some of my colleagues' hearts um, throughout this really crazy time. Um, but I guess a little bit about myself, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I just recently joined Duetto in March. So I joined on March 2nd, sort of right as the world, at least here in the U.S., was changing. Um, so a weird time to join a new team, but I felt very comfortable because before joining, I was a customer of Duetto um, in different forms at different hotels actually since um, 2013. So at the very beginning of when Duetto was sort of coming to be what it is now. Um, I started my career in hotels actually as an executive office manager. I feel like we all have some kind of crazy stories about how we've come up through the ranks in the world of hotels. Um, and I, I got my start as an executive office what manager. What does that role do, executive office manager? I was essentially helping manage the executive office, as you may imagine, um, but really sort of the executive assistant to the general manager of a hotel in New York City. And I got to do a little bit of everything. I trained at the front desk. I trained in housekeeping, um, you know, got to help the HR team with some fun, you know, on property type of events. Um, but most importantly, I had an incredible GM um, who really took me under his wing and helped me decide which direction I wanted to take my career. Um, at the time, I wasn't sure if it was going to be sales, marketing, or revenue. And I decided that revenue was, was the path I wanted to go down. So I worked my way up, revenue analyst, manager, director, um, and then most recently was a VP of revenue for a company based in London called Ennismore. And uh, I finally decided to make the leap, join Duetto, and here we are today. That's amazing. But what a crazy time to join. And like the, at the beginning of COVID, like, I always say that I have a bit of what I'm calling survivor's guilt, joining yeah. a year after. I can't even imagine what you're feeling. <laughs> You know what, I think it's because I knew the team already, having been a customer, I understood the culture, I had worked with the team, I knew a lot of the key players already that I had that extra level of comfort coming in that I think uh, I certainly wouldn't have had if I wasn't already so familiar with the company. But certainly we have survival skills now. Uh, yeah. we've, we've all been through a lot, That's that's for sure. That is absolutely true. And I think that everyone, regardless if you stay in hospitality or you leave or whatever that looks like, surviving 2020 in hospitality needs to be on there. It just Definitely. needs to be on your resume. It has to be top skill set. That's what we have. Um, okay, so uh, before we get into the Pulse Report, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. So tell me your favorite travel destination. 
Yeah, this is such a fun question. And it's hard to answer for, I imagine so many of us, because being in the industry, we sort of love to travel. Mm -hmm. I think I have to give you two answers because that's just who I am. I think if I had to choose someplace in the US, it would be Los Angeles. I live in New York City. So LA for me is like the perfect counterbalance Mm -hmm. to New York. Um, I also think travel is so much about the experiences that we have and the people that we meet and can spend time with. And I'm lucky enough to have some really close friends in LA. So it's always a fun time. I have fond, fond memories and sign me up for a flight to LA anytime. Um, But if I was thinking about outside of the US, I would have to choose Rome. It is an incredible city. I love being there. I've had the chance to go twice now. And I think that it is just something that should be on everybody's bucket list. It's magical in so many ways. I absolutely agree with you on uh, Los Angeles. I think it is the perfect balance with New York. And Mm -hmm. um, I lived in LA for 10 years, uh, but it'll always be considered one of my homes of many because exactly that, it's the perfect balance. So crazy. So obviously right now, we're not able to do as much traveling as we would like. So what have you been doing to keep your spirits up? Another great question. I will admit I have not done any sourdough starter. I have not (laughs) done any TikTok dancing, although it is interesting to see that happening. I haven't gotten into that, but I will admit something that was really surprising. Um, This has obviously been a really difficult time for everybody for, you know, different reasons in different ways. But one thing that surprised me the most about my sort of choices and how I spend this time is that I got really into learning about space. <laughs> and really? I, I think that my husband sort of jokes sometimes that maybe it's because I want to launch myself on a rocket to outer space because things are so crazy, but that's not it. I, um, I actually think it's sort of the future of our industry in some ways. And I've found that I've just been fascinated in learning about it and I think that it um, you know, could be the future of our industry in two different ways. One, just this idea of you or me being able to go on a ship and view the earth from outer space. I mean, that the idea of that is just sort of insane and awe-inspiring. But the other idea in terms of the impact it might have on our industry is this sense of, hey, you could fly potentially from New York to Sydney in an hour. And how wild would that be? And how much would that change the way we think about travel and what's within our reach and how long it would take to get somewhere? So I'm so fascinated in space. Um, If anybody wants to talk to me at a later date about it, I would be happy to. Um, But that was a real surprise of this sort of stay at home time. Just, you know, me learning about space. You know, you and I are going to have to take that offline because I, one of my bucket list items, I created a COVID. I love bucket lists in general. So my COVID bucket list is to go to a place with no light pollution, just so I can see the proper night sky. So I also love that. So yes, we will have to take that offline for sure. But I know that we, you know, we got to get into the topic at hand here. So for anyone who's not familiar with Duetto, do you want to tell them a little bit more about the company? and what Absolutely. you guys do and why hotels are signing up with you guys? Yeah, so Duetto is a revenue management sort of strategy platform. We have a handful of different applications that we offer to hotels, but really boiled down, our goal or our design was to help hotels be smarter about their business, more agile in the sense of how can they implement strategies to drive more revenue, 
and then finally more efficient in the way that they do that and how they sort of react or be proactive about the dynamics of their market. So um, as I said, we have a handful of different applications um, and a lot of incredible customers around the world um, that we're so lucky to be working with. That's great. And how did the Pulse report specifically come to be then? Because that's relatively new, isn't it? It is. So the Pulse report came in March or April or so um, when we were sort of facing the same thing that everybody in the industry was facing, this sort of like, what now? How, how, what, how, who, what, how do we proceed? You know, <laughs> yes. what, what is going on and how do we find something that feels productive to be able to do about it and to be able to help both our customers, but also our industry colleagues as a whole. Um, there has been so much sort of information sharing, idea sharing, and we really wanted to get creative about how we could contribute to that in a meaningful way. So we um, had the idea to take our data, right? We have all of these customers around the world. Um, how do we take that data and really kind of bundle it up in a way that could help people, could show people what's going on, can benchmark against it, um, or just better sort of validate maybe what you're experiencing at your hotel or in your market against what others are more broadly, um, and then at more of a micro level. So that's how it started. Um, a handful of us sort of put our heads together and said, what do we have and how can we make it something helpful? And out came the Pulse Report. So we broke the data down into four main regions. We're looking at North America, Latin America, APAC, and EMEA. And for each of those regions, we're really focusing on three key sort of areas, three key metrics. The first being net new pickup, essentially. So we're taking all of the new bookings that could have come in for a period of time and subtracting out all of the cancellations. So we're seeing that net change. Second, we're looking at pace. Of course, it's something that's so important to us. Everybody in the industry understands the importance of how you're doing now compared to how you were doing, whether it was last year, last week, two years ago. So we're looking at pace and sort of what's progressing there. And then finally, and maybe most interestingly, we're looking at website traffic. And this is one of the metrics that we're just so laser focused on because we want so badly to see some good news, right? See those green shoots, but take them to the next level and really start to see something meaningful and more sustained in terms of that momentum for our industry. Um, so we're looking at web traffic, how many people are coming to these websites, getting into these booking engines and actually searching for days. So we're taking the total and then we're breaking it down to look at regrets. So who's coming and not booking and then looking at who is coming and booking. And we're really hoping to see those conversion rates continue to grow over time. Well, I think this was very timely. I think one of the biggest stressors right now is all of the unknowns that are out there. And so you being able to provide this report, you know, gives at least a kind of a glimpse, you know what I mean? Like it just a lot more data than we had, and especially going into budget season. I don't envy any hotels right now, but it's going to be even more important. And that web traffic one is the one I absolutely keep my eye on the most. So you guys released your latest report today, correct? Do you want to, you want to talk about that? You want to go through that report? Yeah. And I absolutely. have some questions on it myself. So 
Perfect. Yes, absolutely. So yes, we did. We, we released the latest report today. We are releasing reports every other week. So every other Thursday, we release a new one. And this report in particular was really interesting. And I'm so excited that the timing works that I can be here today and talk to you about this one because it was kind of the culmination of summer, right? This report included Labor Day. And we were really curious about what impact Labor Day was going to have you know, specifically talking about North America and the U.S. as a market. So this data includes Labor Day. And what was interesting for us to see is that as a whole, Labor Day and really the second half of summer really followed some of the same trends that emerged in the first half of summer, which we were curious about, right? We were learning as we go. We weren't sure if the second half of the season would behave the same way the first half did. So on one hand, it was interesting in the sense that we got that confirmation that it did. And I can talk a little bit about some of those trends that we've been seeing. But in addition to that, we also saw some outliers, which is to be expected, right? You're, you're always going to see some outliers in the data. Um, but some of those outliers for Labor Day specifically mm -hmm. were really interesting. And I'll sort of preface what I, what I share about this report with saying a lot of this is to be expected. If you think about how you are potentially thinking about travel or how your friends or your network or your family is traveling, you know, there's some things that make a lot of sense in the data that, you know, we're seeing. And that's been sort of reassuring for us and reassuring for the people that we've been talking about, because sometimes it's just a matter of you know, needing that confirmation that what you're experiencing is sort of normal. Not that this is normal by any means this time, but sometimes that's just a helpful reassurance. So a lot of what I'll talk about, if you think about it in the context of your life or what you're seeing, it kind of all makes sense. And the first one, the first sort of big trend that has been consistent for us is this idea of the drive market, mm. right? Yes. Something that we're all seeing. I mean, how many people have you seen renting RVs and driving across the country? In my neighborhood, <laughs> I swear, I have never seen more RVs in my life. I heard uh, from a meeting planner recently that RV rentals and sales went up like 400% or something crazy. I saw a similar stat. And at first I was thinking like, what? How does that make any sense? But then again, as I mentioned, when you start to put it into the context of how you feel about travel and how you know you you see people reacting to this world of today it makes sense people want to drive they want the control over that travel experience and to varying degrees might be a little more hesitant to book a flight than to hit the road in the comfort of their own car or brand new rv so we're definitely seeing this trend from the beginning of summer through labor day that the drive market is critical so hotels need to be aware of that as, as they are um, and need to continue to capitalize on it as much as possible because again, that's becoming the real um, opportunity of, of today, that drive market. We're also seeing a trend that continued through the summer, through Labor Day and was very pronounced for Labor Day um, around short-term booking windows. And again, makes sense, right? These are things that we think about and, and, and certainly make sense um, at sort of the higher level, but the data is also showing that people are booking for very short lead times. So 
definitely within the 30-day window. We're seeing a little bit of activity in the 60 to 90, but the real majority is still in that 30-day window. Hannah, I had a question come in uh, before we go any further from Marina. She wants to know um, how the report is built. Like, where does the data come from? Is it only from hotels that are using your service? And if so, how many hotels are currently using your service? Yeah, so we um, are taking the data from our system. So it's only the hotels that we have as customers. Yes, mm-hmm. for North America specifically, which we're talking about, we're looking at just under 3,000 properties. Um, in total, it's over 4,000, um, but we, we're looking at about that number for just North America specifically. And yes, it's our customers. Um, it's those that have their data in Duetto and are leveraging our platform. Perfect. Thanks. Thank for you for question, that, Marina. I'm yeah, sorry I interrupted you. It's okay. important. Very <laughs> important. Where is this data coming from? Right. Mm-hmm. Good. Good question. Um, a couple other trends that I'll highlight, and then I can talk to you a little bit about some of maybe the anomalies that we've seen more recently. Um, cities. It's it's a tale right now in our country of the city versus everywhere else, right? It's a, it's a tale of two cities, as I suppose you could say. Um, and there's definitely this idea of winners and not winners. Um, there's a huge difference in, in the amount of demand that we're seeing in places like beach destinations or national parks or even some casino destinations mm-hmm. as compared to urban areas. And that's something that unfortunately we've seen play out from the beginning. And again, you would expect that, but seeing it in the data really kind of drives the point home. Cities like Chicago, New York City, Nashville, these cities have seen a lot of pain. They felt the pain and continue to, unfortunately. But the flip side of that is that non-city environments have actually been winning in a lot of ways. And this is a trend that we've seen. I mentioned national parks, places like that. But one of the other interesting sort of anomalies in this is that casinos are sort of an outlier in that casinos have very loyal people. Yep. Gamers are going to game, I guess you could say, (laughs) and they are going to find a way. I think part of it is that there's this perception that casinos are safe right now, in part because the expectation around cleanliness, social distancing measures on the gambling floors, these types of destinations had to work very hard to get their customers back. And people are definitely feeling, or there's a perceived sort of notion that they are safe to be in. But also you don't have, you can spend less time there, right? So they can be an hour away. I can drive there, spend a couple hours, have a good time and go home. So it's the perception of it being safer. um, I'm not traveling a day away and then sleeping somewhere and coming back. So that I, maybe that's also part of it, but I'd be curious to know if it translates to uh, the sleeping rooms as well, or if you're seeing it just, um, what it, is that how you're seeing that? Or is it just to the casino itself? Yeah, great point. I couldn't agree with you more. I think there definitely is an element of that. What we're seeing in the data is that it is indeed translating to overnight bedroom stays, which is interesting, right? Because it kind of takes what you're saying and it makes perfect sense to that next level that, oh, not only are people comfortable in the casino spaces themselves, but they're also comfortable enough to stay the night. And we're seeing that both on the East Coast and I'll call Las Vegas the West Coast. I don't know if West Coasters <laughs> yeah. would actually give me that, but let's just let's just go with it. 
East Coast in a market like Atlantic City, for example, mm-hmm. is seeing a lot of momentum and not feeling as much pain as other cities. And of course, cities like Las Vegas are in a similar position. And some of that is the draw of the casino. But to your point, I think some of that also is they have such a strong drive market, right? These are destinations that people from LA or New York City are going to drive to. And they're in places that kind of leverage two of these themes, right? We're seeing that casinos are having some strength, but also these national park or outdoor beach type locations are also drawing that demand. So Atlantic City, you can gamble, but you can enjoy the beach as well. You can feel safe doing that. And of course, this is the time of year to do so. Or places like Las Vegas, you can gamble, enjoy the city, what it has to offer, but you can also enjoy the Grand Canyon, depending on how much of a road trip you're looking for or something like that. So if you ever wanted a road, like if you ever wanted a social distance, just go to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> now's the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that is sort of a theme that we continue to see play out and something that is, is interesting. Um, finally, in terms of just the themes, and then I'll quickly move into just a couple of the anomalies that we've been seeing. The last big theme to mention is that the good news is, and we're digging for good news, we all want to see it so badly, is that people want to travel. Yes. Even if they haven't shown that confidence in booking yet, we see in the website traffic that there is such high demand. There is such a want, a need to get back on the road, to enjoy what we all love doing so much traveling. You know, there is such a desire there. So every week that we've done um, this data poll and the analysis and put together our Pulse report, we see that website traffic increases week over week over week across all destinations. I mean, there's a couple of sort of nuances there, but generally speaking, website traffic continues to grow. It's consistently grown. And we know, we feel that ultimately that will switch over to converted bookings. It's just a matter of time. Uh, We did have a question come in, and this is actually a question I have. Your data, is it segmented at all? Like, can you see like um, transient versus group? We can, yes, it is. Are you seeing any trends in group? We are seeing some interesting things. Um, Broadly speaking, Mm -hmm. group is not good. And I know that that's heartbreaking for many to hear, but but again, it makes sense, right? I mean, when we think about what is going on, of course, group is going to feel the pain. and, and, And we've seen that from the beginning. We have seen a little bit in some markets of trickling in of group business, some government group business. Actually, we saw, interestingly, a little bit of a recent uptick in some government group activity in New York City. We've also seen some social activity with like some smaller wedding blocks, some of that type of business. Um, So it's not zero, right? It's not nothing, but it's not much to talk about. The vast majority of the business that we are seeing hit the books is transient, right? It's, it's, It's not it's not group and more so it's it's also not corporate. I think that makes sense too because with what you were just talking about by the short booking window, I mean it seems to be more spur of the moment people. So right. it makes right. it does make sense. So it's unfortunate because we do need that base business and hotels. Um, Certainly. One thing that will be interesting and we are watching, you know, we're every time we pull the data, which is weekly, you know, we're, we're curious of what we're going to see. And we're at this critical sort of juncture in a lot of ways right now where summer is ending. 
it's back to school in whatever form that ends up looking like. Um, and we would expect in a normal year that that sort of corporate business, even if not group, even if we're not there yet, you would expect some of that corporate travel to pick up. Yes. So it will be interesting to see over the rest of September into October, if any of that starts to really show, um, TBD, we haven't seen it yet, but it is certainly something we're watching for. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that because we definitely need corporate travel to come back. Um, let me see what other questions. Are there any trends between the web traffic and actual bookings? Interestingly, we haven't seen a lot of correlation yet. And, and what I mean by that is I mentioned every week we see more and more and more website activity. So we see that sort of desire to book increasing. And unfortunately, broadly speaking, we haven't seen a consistent correlation between that and new bookings in the next data poll, right? You would sort of expect them to look somewhat similar um, on an ongoing basis, at least mm -hmm. in terms of the, the rate of difference. And we're not really seeing that yet. I think some of it is just because, again, there's not enough confidence. There's not enough sort of reason to travel yet, but there is that desire. So the short answer is no, not yet, okay. um, but we would, we would expect to sooner than later, hopefully. And we are seeing that there is so much desire. There's so much traffic. We just need it to convert. My heart of hearts is hoping that because kids are learning remotely as well as, you know, parents are working remotely, that families are still going to keep traveling uh, through the fall, at least through maybe even you know, November before the holidays really hits. Um, and ugh, I just really hope that's true. Because if you can do it all remote, why not do it remote from a beach somewhere? You know? I agree with you. I mean, that's, I don't have children, but I would certainly be trying to do that if I did. And it's I would book an extra room for them, be like, go over there, go to school. <laughs> that is your school. I am over here with my cocktail and we're good. Yes. And I will be at the pool until two o'clock. Um, the, it's actually really interesting what you're saying. <laughs> and we've seen some really interesting sort of shift with Florida. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with what you're saying. So from the beginning, Florida was one of the, let's say, winners when we think about who's actually getting bookings, who has some occupancy in all of this. And at least in our data, we saw that Florida, along with some other places like Colorado, um, they were sort of consistent winners um, throughout the summer. <clears throat> Excuse me. But one thing that we saw in this very latest Pulse report that was distributed just today is that Florida is showing a shift. And it's showing a shift where there is less of that new booking activity. It's still moving in the right direction, but it's starting to show a slower rate of growth week after week after week, now moving into September. And, and the assumption, which is always sort of dangerous to make, but the, the assumption at the moment is that some of that has to do with back to school. And a lot of people were driving also or like six flying. hurricanes. I mean... <laughs> There are also six hurricanes <laughs> and arguably September is the worst month in, in that market in terms of overall demand. But it is the first time really since this whole thing started that we've seen that shift. So um, something interesting that's starting to emerge. Maybe it's more normal than we think. Maybe it's just, you know what, this happens every year. Or maybe it's a little bit different this year and that that back to school is, is sort of slowing the rate at which people are booking those beach getaways. Yeah. 
I think it totally makes sense. We have three minutes left. So do you have anything, any final words, anything you want to wrap up with? Any words of wisdom to our uh, listeners today? The words of wisdom, I suppose, would be <laughs> hang in there. We are all sort of in this together. We're all sort of just hoping to see any signs of helpful indicator of what is what is to come, really. So um, I think I mentioned the themes that we've been seeing. We are hopeful, we are hopeful, so hopeful that sooner than later we'll start to see more of these themes kind of emerge and head in the right direction. So if this data is of any interest to you, please subscribe to the Pulse Report, it's free. It's sent to you every two weeks and hopefully you find it helpful. Um, and, and we'll continue to call these things out as we see them. Yeah, I highly recommend subscribing to that. I subscribe to it and I'm not even working in a hotel anymore. I want, I also want the information. I love to see that it's not just me that has that wanderlust and it just cannot wait. I am just developing this list of hotels that I need to go visit as soon as I can. And I really think that the, the rest of the world is doing that too. Uh, Hannah, I want to thank you so much again for being on here and talking us through the Pulse Report. Thank you so much for a look at I mean, I know you're not solely responsible for creating it, but creating it <laughs> and making it available to everyone and being on here just to talk us through that. So with that, I'm going to wrap things up. Thank you for coming on. I just want to make a quick announcement about Hotel Talk, and that's sure. that the name is actually going to be changing next, well, starting now, uh, to Hotel Moments, actually, because Hotel Talk has been taken. So uh, moving forward, if you see Hotel Moments instead of Hotel Talk, it is the exact same thing. Please go to hoteltalkpodcast.com and uh, subscribe to get updates weekly on who's going to be on. Um, how do we, oh, we have one more question from Paul. Hi, Paul. Uh, how do we subscribe to the Pulse Report? Before we, this is more Paul, that is a great question. Thank you for asking. If you look in the chat, you'll actually see a link. It's just www.duetocloud.com slash pulse. But if you go into the chat, you can see the link and just click it and subscribe. Perfect. And with Thank that, you for having me. Thank I will you, say everyone. goodbye. Thank you. I'm going to drop it in the chat again, guys. Please let me know, Michael and Paul, that you got it. I think they left. No, there's that. No, how can nobody see this? What's happening? Okay. Um, can I just, that's all. I'm going to try to send it to you guys directly. Otherwise, I'm just going to email you after the call, okay? <laughs> okay, guys, I'm just going to email it directly to you the second we drop off here. Uh, but my email address is Jennifer at Go Moments. Um, otherwise, my cell phone number, if you want to give me a call after, if you still don't get it, is 818-669-7065. Again, 818-669-7065. And I'll figure out why I can't see that for next time. All right, thank you again. Thank you. See you Bye -bye. next week. Bye. Thanks for listening and be sure to visit hoteltalkpodcast.com for more info and upcoming guests.